Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast. What's happening, everyone? So without much BS today, I, I do want to just jump into the conversation with our guest. I was really excited that Maggie Nichols was able to join us. And if you're not familiar with Maggie's story, it's absolutely remarkable. She is an inspiration to many. She's not only incredibly talented as far as an athlete goes, but to show the bravery and courage and strength to get through everything she's gone through is absolutely remarkable. While also being one of those people that is trying to lift other people up. And, and I just, I, I find it very refreshing. Again, if you're not familiar with her story, you need to check it out because she's a, a world-class athlete. She's one of the greatest Oklahoma Sooner athletes of all time. This week, Netflix released the documentary Athlete A, which is in fact Maggie Nichols. So I, I would highly recommend watching the documentary. It's a powerful story and it's gonna take you through a roller coaster of emotions, but to kind of go on that journey that Netflix takes you on throughout Athlete A, I think at the end of the day, you you see the perseverance and the strength of not just Maggie, but all the gymnasts that are survivors. So if you haven't checked it out already on Netflix, make sure you do so. It's Athlete A, now available on Netflix. And our guest today is Maggie Nichols, Oklahoma Sooners gymnast. She's a world champion. She's a national champion. She was the NCAA 2018 and 2019 all-around champion. And I'm excited to see what's next for her. So here we go. Maggie Nichols on the Colby Daniels podcast. How have you been over the last few months? Yeah, um, it's been a really weird time, um, especially, you know, coming from like the peak of our season. Um, we didn't get to finish it, which was kind of heartbreaking for us. And for us seniors, it was the end of our careers as well. So it's been a really weird um, time for me just because, you know, gymnastics has been my whole life and I've never had so much time off in my entire life. So it's been it's been a weird transition. But, um, you know, I'm kind of at ease with the situation, with the circumstances and things like that. And you know, with the documentary coming out, things have been kind of crazy and a lot of interviews and things like that. But um, definitely, definitely a crazy time. Was there like maybe a sense of holding out hope that you guys might get the season back or maybe you would somehow have a conclusion to it? Yeah, I mean, I think we all kind of held on to any hope that we had. Um, you know, they did grant uh, spring sports um, another season. So, I mean, a lot of us, you know, um, hoped the same for winter sports so like i wrote out um, a statement um to the ncaa like in in hopes that we would get our season two but um that wasn't the case for us so um it was a little bit sad a little bit heartbreaking but um you know with the circumstances like i said um i don't think that us as a senior class and us um oklahoma sooners we could have ended a better way i mean we ended up, up number one so i mean that kind of eases our minds when we um think about the what ifs and things like that. The, yeah, the what if is is the part that kills me. Just being a fan of of watching you guys and everything you've done because you've accomplished so much, and yet you were on your way to potentially accomplishing even more. Um, to see them, you know, make concessions for some athletes and and not for others, uh, just killed me. And I, I've talked about it multiple times on the podcast since then, making the case for you guys uh, that it, it's just incredibly unfair. And I've used you as an example for somebody that's capable of competing at the highest level for the very last time. Yeah. Um, 
it, it is it's sad thinking about like I'll never have that final salute and things like that because that senior night or our last competition um we didn't think that was going to be our last and so it's kind of hard when we do think about like the what ifs like what if I would have done that last salute or what if we would have won nationals and things like that but like I said with the circumstances and how we ended up and how I ended up and things like that is the things that ease my mind in the in the hard um what if days I guess I would say um but it is it is sad knowing that I'll never um put on another OU leotard ever again. You said that it's the first time you're not competing. What's it been like for you kind of taking the foot off the gas pedal and not training around the clock and constantly concerned about competition and just having that edge to you? Yeah, um, it's been very, I guess, weird, I would say, just because, you know, that's been my whole entire life. Um, Get up in the morning, you know, I think about gymnastics, how practice is going to go and things like that. Um, So it's been weird not having to wake up in the morning and think, okay, I wonder how hard conditioning is going to be, or I wonder how hard practice is going to be, or, and things like that. But it's been, it's been kind of fun, you know, making up my own workouts and, you know, maybe one day if I'm tired, I don't have to work out. Um, I kind of just figuring out my new life sort of. So it's been, it's been, um, interesting, I guess I would say. Yeah. A few more pizza nights, I imagine. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So I saw that you, you started gymnastics when you were three. And you've basically been nonstop since that point. We actually had this conversation on the pod a, a few weeks ago about the, you know, the difference between athletes that are, are specialized in one sport or athletes that are competing in a lot of different other sports growing up. Was there ever a, a burnout factor for you at any point, you know, just being involved in gymnastics to the degree that you were for that, that long of a time? Um, I mean, I definitely went through stages where I kind of, um, you know, went through hard times, especially, I think it was like eighth or ninth grade. I had so many injuries, um, broken ankle, torn hamstring, knee, um, knee problems, elbow surgeries. And I kind of was thinking like, is this really like what it's like, so, like to get to be the best? Um, but I mean, I never really had a time where I wanted to quit the sport or anything like that. I mean, gymnastics was my life. Gymnastics was every single day um you know i had so many goals and so many aspirations and i never really had a time where i wanted to to quit i would say anytime you go through an injury in the rehab part of things anybody that's ever had one i i've i had an acl uh surgery that i had to go through it it really tests how bad you actually want it right and it it kind of takes you away from it Mm -hmm. and to see you go through as many injuries as you have and every time seemingly coming out stronger on the other side and wanting it that much more. I mean, it really is a testament to how much you love the sport, but also just the competitive edge that you have. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, the first few injuries that I had, I kind of, my, I didn't really know everything was kind of new and things like that. But, you know, once I got older and my, my goals and aspirations were getting closer, um, you know, when I did go through big injuries, you know, I was able to, you know, come back stronger because I, I was so motivated when I was injured and, you know, um, you know, I just had so much drive to uh, accomplish the goals that I set for myself. So I think that's definitely, um, something that helped me get to where I am today. In the documentary toward the end, I think it says something about when you got to OU, it kind of refreshed your love for the sport. How was that transition? What, what was it about OU and just kind of getting into that family that did that for you? Yeah, I mean, OU is everything to me. Um, you know, it was coming off of not making the Olympic team and then coming straight to OU um, was probably one of the best times in my life. Um, coming into a school that's so um, inspirational and everyone 
from the athletes to the coaches to athletic directors, every single person is pushing you every single day to become um, the best athlete and best student athlete you possibly can be. And so I just felt like I had so many people who were supporting me and so many people who um, just wanted the best for me, which was something that was new. Um, so I just, I loved every minute of it. I loved the 6am workouts, maybe not every day, but I mean, looking back, um, you know, I just, every single part of it was, um, a huge blessing, especially after, um, you know, not making the Olympic team and everything that happened. Okay. So you said you loved the workouts. I worked out with you guys. Uh-huh. There's no way you actually loved those workouts. I was going <laughs> to die after about 15 minutes. You know, some of them can be quite hard and some of them feel like you're not going to make it to the other end. But, you know, when you look back and you realize that it's all worth it, especially when you win like a national championship or something like that. But definitely hard in the moment, but definitely worth it. Absolutely. So so I was taking a break during that workout and I didn't really know anything about gymnastics at that time and, and anything about the team. I'm standing on the side and I don't remember who it was, but somebody's just kind of like pointing out the different athletes on your team and like telling me who does what. They point at you and they said, that's like the LeBron James of gymnastics. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I, it put it in terms that I could relate with. Uh, I just thought you should know that, that somebody compared you to LeBron James in your sport. Oh gosh, that's awesome. Um, hearing those kind of things just kind of make me giggle and smile a little bit, but that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to get your thoughts on the documentary. I was up around 4.30 this morning and turned it on and watched it all the way through and felt all the emotions uh, of the entire thing. But what'd you think? Yeah, I actually woke up at like six this morning. I couldn't really sleep. Um, so I thought I would see if it was on Netflix yet. Um, and it was, so I did watch it. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, I've already seen it, but it, it just, it brings back so many emotions. Um, you know, it's hard to even put it into words, but I just hope that it, it reaches so many people, whether they have gone through um, the same thing or same sort of experiences and just helps people and inspires people. And I just hope it makes people aware of sexual abuse and, um, and also just about how many people are affected by this case. Did you feel like everything was portrayed the way that, that you would want it to be portrayed? Yeah, I think that nothing was held back. I think that they did an amazing job um, with the documentary and, um, it's just extremely powerful and educational. The Caroli Ranch appeared to be a place where the mentality and overall mental abuse that was discussed seemingly created a horrible atmosphere in terms of how everything progressed the rest of the way. Yeah, um, you know, my memories at the Caroli Ranch aren't the best. Um, you know, every single athlete, I mean, that I've talked to, we were all scared to go, nervous um, for days before we went. I mean, we got tested on our conditioning um, on each event, scored and ranked from top to bottom, um, you know, trained too many hours in the day. Um, and just no one was really too nice there, um, you know, when Marta walked out of her office, we all had to stand in tallest to shortest on, on the floor and, you know, be all serious and things. So, I mean, everything all around, I mean, I could go on and on, but all around was just not the atmosphere that um, USA national team members should be a part of. I mean, it, it should be more positive and um, more supportive and things like that. So, I mean, I don't even like to think about the Caroli Ranch at all. At the Olympic trials, did you go into that competition with any sense of you having an uphill battle or an unfair fight? Or did it feel like any other competition 
because quite obviously it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I was young and, you know, my dream was to go to the Olympics and I didn't really know the extent of what everything that was going on at the time. You know, I was focused on the Olympics and the Olympic trials and things like that. My parents were handling everything um, behind the scenes just because they don't want to hinder my, you know, my my uh, practice and my my goals and dreams and things like that. Um, so, you know, I thought I had a fair shot, you know, and I gave it my, my all and I left everything I had on the floor, you know, even with the circumstances that I was in with the knee injury and things like that. And I think I ended sixth and wasn't even part of the, um, eight girls that went. So it was just a really odd thing. And I guess a lot of people could say that it's because I did, um, you know, file that report and things like that. You know, I try not to think about that too much. Yeah, I, like your parents are talking about how generally their seats are marked and they went into that specific event, like not having marked seats, not having a camera crew around them. And so it it, it very much felt predetermined that it was almost like, you know, you, you didn't have a chance from the get-go. Yeah, so I didn't even know that was happening until afterwards and things like that. I mean, those are just like the little things that people kind of piece together um, with the decision, I guess, um, which is, which is heartbreaking, but you know, there's nothing we can do about it. Um, it just, I don't, I don't even know lost yeah. words. Was there, was there a lot of tension in, in a lot of those events? I mean, whether it was just you feeling it or, or your teammates and. Oh, I, I mean, I feel like that's all we felt was tension and nerves and things like that. I mean, the culture of USA gymnastics is winning, um, gold medals and, if you didn't win, it wasn't good enough and things like that. So, I mean, every single competition, every single world championship, things like that, like we are expected to win. Um, so, I mean, that always brings intensity and, and nerves and things like that. Did you find that you maybe gravitated more toward gymnastics or even had a heightened sense of focus in the sport during the trial and just kind of having gymnastics to, to be that alternative outlet? Yeah. I mean, gymnastics was definitely an outlet for me and, um, still was until my season was ended. Um, you know, I love the sport of gymnastics, even though what happened to me happened with gymnastics. I mean, gymnastics is a beautiful sport and, um, I don't want people to look poorly upon it, but, um, you know, being able to practice and compete and do the sport that I love was definitely an outlet for me. Um, and got my mind off the things that I struggled with sometimes. I, I almost hated that at one point during the documentary, it felt like maybe the sport as a whole was getting tarnished because of this certain group of people at the highest level. And, and obviously, the, you know, it's not, a, it's not a gymnastics thing worldwide, but it kind of felt like gymnastics, just the sport, got a little bit of a, got roughed up maybe a little bit throughout the documentary. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but I hope that's not the case just because, um, you know, gymnastics is one of the best sports. Um, I mean, I think the best, not being biased, but it just teaches um, young athletes um, so many incredible life lessons that will go with you into the future. And um, I don't know. I just, I hope people don't look poorly upon the sport itself. Stephen Penny, who, and I'll just, my words, it just seems like a real piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> but so you guys are in that hearing and, he keeps pleading the fifth, or I guess he does it twice. What was, what was the feeling like when you were witnessing that? I mean, complete shock. I mean, we are all in the courtroom kind of like our jaws hit the ground. And I mean, I kind of was lost of words. We were like, what is going on? Like, this is not right. Um, 
I don't even watching it in the documentary, my jaw still hit the ground. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. I kind of hoped that they would continue asking him the questions because he looked so visibly uncomfortable pleading the fifth that making him do it about 25 times would, I mean, it just would have satisfied me at least watching it. Yeah, I I should have. (laughs) What are your thoughts on USA Gymnastics and where it is as an organization right now and, you know, what needs to happen going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think that there are steps um, that are being taken, um, but I feel like there's a lot more change that needs to happen. I mean, I could go on and on, but I mean, for one, I feel like if there's any file um, or if anyone files a report um, of any sort of abuse or any anything, it should be handled immediately and brought to authorities right away. And I think that needs to be, um, you know, changed right away. Um, but I mean, I think there's just so many other changes that need to be done with USA Gymnastics and USOC and things like that. Is that something you would want to be involved in? I mean, I would do anything to help and make change and things like that. I mean, using my voice platform, anything that I can, um, of course. Well, your voice is obviously heard. I mean, every time I go to one of your competitions, there are a million little girls in the in the stands that are just absolutely going nuts and carrying the signs. And, and I know that uh, that your fans think the world of you without a doubt. Thank you. Yeah, that really means a lot. And, you know, seeing and um, seeing the little girls and people in the stands and the direct messages on Instagram and things like that just mean the absolute world. So your, uh, your beam song is uh, fight song, right? Or at least... It, it probably was sometime. At one point it was. Yeah, but, and I remember yeah. like knowing your story and and knowing what a great athlete you are. I'm, I'm at one of your events and you're on the beam. And I, I, don't, I don't even remember what your score was. In my mind, it was a 10 because it was like flawless. But that <laughs> song was playing and it was like, it resonated with me so much that it's one of those things where I'm, I'm one of those people when I hear a song in a, in a really intense moment, like I'm always going to kind of be taken back to that moment. And so with that song being in that moment and you killing your performance and hearing that song, every time I hear it, I think about that, that, that beam performance you had. Yeah, that's awesome. I do remember that being my song. I don't know, remember what year it was. Um, but yeah, that it's, it's really inspirational song. So that's, that's a really cool story. What is next for Maggie Nichols? Um, so I have one more semester of my undergrad and then I'm also being like the student volunteer coach, um, for KJ Lou and Tom. So I'm really excited to be kind of on the other side of the gymnastics, um, scene, and then also hopefully get my master's and look into a few other, um, things that I want to do in, in the future. So KJ's the best and she is incredibly intimidating. That is correct. Both are very valid. <laughs> She is the best um, of the best. I mean, KJ, Lou, and Tom are the best of the Absolutely. best. Um, they're all incredible, but yes, KJ is very intimidating. <laughs> are you going to be able to find that intimidating factor if you're going to if you're going to maybe get into that industry? I sure hope so. I mean, I I get to learn from the best, so hopefully she can teach me a few um, skills. <laughs> so, do you want to stay in gymnastics then, or at least around the sport in some way? Um, probably in some way. I don't know if I want my, you know, future career to be centered around gymnastics just because it has been my whole life. So I don't know if I, if I want to coach to continue my future. Um, but we'll see if I like that, um, this next year, but I mean, gymnastics will always be a big part of my life, but, um, you know, I don't know if I want to step away from it and see what else that I love to do. Yeah. So you're just exploring and, and kind of seeing what's out there. Any, any ideas, what direction you want to go? 
Um, I do want to do something in sports. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I looked into broadcasting for a while. I mean, that's still up in the air as well. I'm looking into a few, um, different opportunities with that and coaching and, but I do want to, um, you know, see my other options and things like that. Well, we're excited for whatever it is. And I, I think the world of you, and I think you're going to succeed in whatever direction you decide to go. Um, I, you're, you're incredibly brave. You're incredibly gifted. And uh, I'm a big fan and I'm excited to see what's next for you. Thank you. That means the world. We'll take care and definitely don't be a stranger and we'll do this again. Okay. Thank you. Thank you guys for checking out the Colby Daniels podcast. As always, do me a big favor, subscribe to the podcast rate the podcast. I really appreciate that. If you want to hit me up on Twitter at Colby underscore Daniels, I'd love to hear from you. Once again, big thanks to Maggie Nichols for joining us. The Colby Daniels podcast. See you next time.